So this is what it's like when worlds collide. <laughs> This is, this is what it's like. Permanent main character in the field of tech, Elon Musk, has teamed up with aspiring main character in the field of U.S. politics, Ron DeSantis, in a crossover to show just how powerful these two titans can be when their powers are combined. This is what it's like when worlds collide! And folks, this really is the crossover that gets it right. Yeah. But let's start at the beginning. Not at the, all the way back at the beginning. We don't you, want to waste your time. You know that Elon Musk owns Twitter. You know that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has sure been acting like he's getting ready to run for president lately, but hasn't fully declared yet. Well, here's an NBC News report from Tuesday morning. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will announce he is running for president during a discussion with Twitter CEO Elon Musk, three sources familiar with the plans told NBC News. Musk and DeSantis will hold an event on Twitter Spaces, the site's platform for audio chats, on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It will be moderated by David Sachs, a tech entrepreneur who is a Musk confidant and DeSantis supporter. That same evening, the campaign will release a launch video, and DeSantis will begin visiting several early states after Memorial Day. The relationship could be a significant boost for DeSantis by giving him an introduction to, and credibility with, Musk's massive following, including his 140 million Twitter followers. But it could prove a burden should DeSantis become distracted by the tycoon's many controversial comments. I mean, I think they're... He's aware of who he's talking to. They're swimming in the same controversy. I think that's part of the charm. Specifically at this point, it's not like Elon has been hiding it in, especially the past few weeks. Yeah, literally anything controversial that Elon... has and will say is something that Ron DeSantis probably agrees with. Yeah, not only that, but he's uh, yeah <laughs> done uh, yeah. what you would assume is the worst of it even more recently. So yeah, uh, like we've been saying throughout this whole will he, won't he saga, uh, the deadline for filing to run for president is fast approaching. And DeSantis going and doing a bunch of I'm running for president stuff for the last like couple months without actually declaring his candidacy was a bit odd. He yeah. went to Japan. Especially, uh, and during all of this, lest we remind you about South Florida being underwater for right. about two weeks straight ne- neglect- while he was out of the state. Neglecting his day job to go like glad hand very awkwardly in like uh, diners in uh, the yeah. big primary states. So we are underwater. Um, so yeah, uh, also the general vibes and the polling has indicated that despite having lots of enthusiasm from conservatives last year, like last summer, yeah. DeSantis' support has dipped quite a bit in the wake of Donald Trump announcing his 2024 campaign and in the wake of the general public getting a better idea of what Ron DeSantis is actually like. He doesn't have the riz, folks. He's a kind of a political catfish in some ways. People in his own party don't really care for him. He's not likable. He doesn't have friends in Washington. And he doesn't have the juice. So yeah, <laughs> Trump has been preemptively shitting on DeSantis for half a year, quite successfully, I'd say, <laughs> yeah. uh, including in multiple attack ads. But nevertheless, it looks like Ronnie's running. Run, Ronnie, run. And honestly, we couldn't be happier. This Look, is great news. If this is how it all ends, <laughs> yeah. at least it's going to be very funny to watch them fight. If I have to live through another Donald Trump presidency, <laughs> possibly the last presidency in U.S. history, yeah. the one that ends it all, at least... I will get the satisfaction of seeing Donald Trump destroy uh, Ron DeSantis and, by extension, Elon Musk yeah. in the process. Uh-huh. I'll take it. It's a good consolation prize. And in addition to how uh, our excitement about how Donald Trump will react to an official Ron DeSantis campaign for the presidency, the fact that Ron DeSantis chose Twitter of all places to officially announce his candidacy, it's also very exciting. Great choice, sir. Uh-huh. Keep them coming. That's what I say. Uh, whoever's running the campaign, very smart. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we love it because it's a ridiculous it's a, and stupid idea. What are you doing? Yes. If you're announcing that you're running for president and want people to actually tune in for it, especially the people most likely to actually vote for you, call up the cable news companies. Hold a press conference. Do it on one of Florida's many sunny, picturesque beaches. Don't do it in a live audio chat on the buggiest of all major social media networks, which increasingly seems to be held together by duct tape, and even then, falls apart anytime you touch it. Yeah, it's delicate. But hey, look, that's that's what he decided to do, okay? Done and done. Uh, yet again, America's culture warriors are demonstrating that their concept of how important and influential Twitter is has no basis in reality. It's an Odd choice. The average Ron DeSantis head literally had no way of accessing this announcement. Yes. I got to do what? Excuse me? Where's the Twitter channel? Uh, What? Because like even I, as a fucking 
person who is on Twitter way too goddamn much had immense trouble actually accessing yes. this. And we will get to that. Yes, we will. Very but soon. I, I do want to add, uh, main character of the show, my dad, said he would refuse to download Twitter when I was home and asked him about it. Oh, like, wow. Are you going to download Twitter to watch Tucker's new car? New show? Hey, no. Well, Twitter? What? What about for, for his favorite governor, Ron? I would assume no. Yeah, uh, even if so, he wanted to, that's the thing. He's like, well, I gotta do. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! No. The, the 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 funnier thing about this is that this, you know, is exactly who Ron DeSantis is and thinks his constituency is. He thinks that everyone is this crazy anti woke, anti everything. Uh, mob mentality when it's not like your average Republican voter is not to that extreme. But all of the people on Twitter and specifically the ones that follow Elon Musk and all of this are, so he's preaching directly to that constituency. Yeah, uh, it's it's a hell of a choice. Yeah. But hey, you know, maybe this Twitter space, the first ever presidential campaign announcement done live on Twitter.com, will change all of that and prove us haters wrong. Uh-huh. Well, spoiler alert, it didn't. And all of us haters were only wrong in the sense that we actually underestimated what an absolute fucking shit show this would be. Yes. Which was a pleasant surprise because the oh, shittier the better. Always nice to be justified. So the Twitter space was set to go live at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And it did, sort of, um, I guess. I mean, you could click on it. Well, sometimes you could. but And, and maybe possibly you could actually get in. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a crapshoot. And then once you managed to actually get in, if you were trying to listen on your phone, the result for many listeners was just the entire Twitter app crashing, sometimes multiple times. On desktop, things were a bit more stable, but only relatively so. And the amount of people uh, that use Twitter on desktop is infinitesimal. Yeah. Uh, for example, like you you might have noticed once you got in that the audio was completely silent. What's going on? Do I need to turn my speakers on? Uh, no, it's because it was pretty much silent for the most part. Yeah. Uh, it well, was dead air. When it wasn't silent, though, there were brief moments of random noise, as well as Elon Musk and his co-host David Sachs mumbling to each other about why Twitter Spaces isn't working in increasingly frustrating terms mm-hmm. as they jumped in and out of being able to be heard. Seemingly not knowing their mic was even on. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, it was especially great dead air content because at some point in their live tech support sessions, both men were seemingly in the same room. They were clearly sitting next to each other on laptops without headphones yeah. and just talking. Which, if you've used Zoom for, like, literally a minute, you know how bad that can... Like, the entire country just lived through this for yeah, the past three like, years. What are you doing? And, yeah I, yeah, I guess... Did DeSantis get a word in during this initial attempt? It, because I, he was echoing a bunch, too, right? There was a point where he was... Uh, he was on, had tech issues, and then whispered, like, I, I don't have that. There, there was, like, some tech issue with wow, him. Wow! What a uh, launch! Yeah, anyways, yes, just very funny that, specifically, it, whatever you want to say about Elon Musk, uh, he has been propped up over the past decade of being this tech genius. He's a tech genius. Who cannot understand that having your laptop speakers in the room with a microphone will yeah. cause feedback and echo. They, I literally, I have relatives in their 70s who can run a Zoom chat better than Elon Musk just ran. The most important moment of Ron DeSantis' life. This is bare minimum (laughs) tech literacy that someone screws up once in their life and then never does it again. So it it was very strange that this, of all things, would would have been one of the tech issues. Yeah, I literally, it was... Dude, trying to get into this was, I I got in and I was like, "Uh, I guess it doesn't work because I couldn't hear anything, even though I was actually listening to it. I'm like, all right, I'll back out and try to get back in. I back out, now I can't get back in. And then I'm like trying on my phone, it's crashing, and like I get in, I'm like, is that sound coming from the stream or is this, what, what is happening? Theoretically, if I were running Twitter in a perfect world, I would want a studio that looks like a fucking radio station or professional podcast right. to be hosting a, a presidential announcement with uh, w- what it, uh, ended up being half a million live listeners. Yeah. Like, do you not have a studio built for important moments like this? They are literally, by all accounts, based on how it sounded, sitting at a desk in an office next to each other on laptops. I don't know that Twitter even has like live video streaming capabilities anymore. It did at one point. I'm sure there's an old laptop in a closet somewhere that has, you know, the files for that. But like... No, I'm saying uh, even audio. Just a... Well, yeah, you would... uh, A recording studio or something that even looks like a radio station or professional podcast setup for audio. Yeah. um, 
with you microphones would, pointed at your mouth. I mean, and headphones. just just working in an office in San Francisco, most of these offices do have like dedicated Zoom rooms that are yeah. these little soundproof pods. teleconference rooms too. Yeah, yeah like this is uh, it's, it's baffling. Yeah, how anyways. much they fucked this up. After, and, and it happened on DeSantis's computer too, because nobody knows what they're right. doing. No one understands that the microphone can hear your speakers. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, at, but after, you know, 20 Literally long, 20 minutes. 20 minutes of just nothing outside of sporadic noise coming back and forth. Uh, the Twitter space just ended <laughs> without so much as a whisper, uh, yeah. just d- barely. Without a peep from Ron DeSantis, which wasn't just like his own feedback uh, What's going, going on? into his own voice. Yeah, so his announcement was obviously much like Elon's launches, off to a great start. Uh, and sure, as many Elon and Ron fans did point out, this might be because just so many people were tuning in. I mean, they really, and I, I heard this term being used by, I think, uh, Sachs, Broke the internet. That's what which the kids is say, right? The most boomer. Yeah. It was a boomer phrase ten years ago. That's right. like at Machinima, an executive being like, "Turn on the viral button and yeah. let's break the internet." So yeah, they they broke the internet, kids. Except uh, even at its peak, there was only around half a million listeners, which many have pointed out is less than what popular full HD audio and video Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook streams have handled without any issue. Yeah, AOC, she's just like, we got more than, we got like almost double that streaming uh, among us on Twitch. On Twitch. And uh, yeah, it's weird how these other platforms have no problem. Like, the fact that it's like just audio and it just ate shit this badly is just such a great example of how out of their fucking depth yeah. Twitter and Elon are with their, you know, this vast is, goals of taking over the internet and being the everything app. You can't even be the fucking audio app. Mark Cuban did this 25 years ago. Yes! <laughs> it's not new! It's, it's not just not new, it is decades old technology. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, a second more nefarious theory emerged. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe they didn't break the internet. Maybe... Something sinister happened. Here's Elon Musk friend and confidant Jason Calacanis at Jason, one of the dumbest fucking rich people on the face of the planet, which is, I, you know, sounds like an exaggeration, but literally everything this guy posts is just like the dumbest shit you've ever read. And then you look up his net worth and you're like, oh, okay, meritocracy is fucking fake. I love that they have, aside from the verified badge, they now have like company badges. So anytime I see the all in yeah. uh, podcast badge, I'm like, this is about to be the dumbest fucking take I've ever yeah. read. Yeah. So Jason said, I wonder if this is a DDoS attack. <laughs> that, yeah, they're doing a DDoS attack specifically on this stream. Everything else seems to be going okay, but they're doing it. And there were multiple other Twitter spaces happening at that point. Yeah, there were reactions to they're, this. They're yeah. like laser precision DDoS attack. I've called in the low orbital ion canyon, cannon and uh, I've directed it directly at this space. Uh, no, this is what happens when your servers are overloaded yeah. and you don't have a competent <laughs> staff making sure that things are working operationally. Uh, and here's conservative commentator and Ron DeSantis fan and also moron, uh, Bill Mitchell. Is Twitter being hacked? Don't forget, there are still some leftist techies there at Twitter. One of them may have thrown their shoe into the machine. I, yeah, I, yeah. I have to picture that he pictures that actually literally. Yeah. Like someone threw their shoe into the series of tubes mm-hmm. that creates Twitter. And now it's all guffed it up. Still has PTSD from when uh, George W. Bush got shoes thrown at his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, big if true, boys. Big if true. Um, definitely has nothing to do with Elon firing most of Twitter's employees and running the entire site with basically a skeleton crew for the last six months. Um, it's definitely the woke hackers and the Antifa deep cover operatives right inside Twitter's own HQ. Yeah. They were waiting for this specific moment to mildly inconvenience. Yeah. The conservative uh, user base on Twitter. They did it. (sighs) Anyways, eventually Elon and David set up a whole new second Twitter space free of any of those technical issues and without half the audience who turned in (laughs) for the first go around, which was also, this one was harder to find. Yeah, no, I... Because it wasn't being promoted on Elon's page, which was what everyone had gone to initially because he was the one who set it up. So I don't even why. think, I maybe he did like at the last minute, but I don't think at Ron DeSantis even posted a link to this, or at least when I checked like 10 uh, minutes before the stream. There, there, was like, like, there was a visual indicator that you could click, but uh, no, I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> and also Ron DeSantis has like three accounts now because of his yeah. presidential run. It's all very confusing and stuff that they should have worked out beforehand. Mm-hmm. But anyways, 
Uh, Meatball Ron rattled off a quick and very unenthusiastic announcement that he is running for president, in which he managed to say the word woke roughly a hundred times. Uh, if this is his stump speech, I'm in. ready to be bored for the next year. Yeah, it was weak sauce. Yeah. It bears repeating that this man simply does not have the juice. And hearing him on this conversation, he don't got the riz either. No, 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 no. And that is especially clear when all you're getting from him is the sound of his voice at dial-up audio quality. Yeah, like there is something to be said that like the, you know, the visual image of Ron DeSantis, like, okay, I get it. Like he fits the sort of broad-shouldered profile of a conservative, tough guy politician. But the man's voice, like... I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm he, running for president. He doesn't got it. I, 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 made the I mention, don't eat pudding. It's got sugar, man. I made the mention on Twitter, but especially David Sachs, whatever. I mean, he was just, it's whatever. Elon Musk, though, hearing Elon Musk say or do anything is so painful because he's so awkward and yeah. stumbles over every single word. Yeah, and I know you're going to point out that uh, he said he has autism or whatever, but like, okay, then why are you don't, posting? Yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, like Mark Zuckerberg is also terrible at public speaking, but he actively avoids doing it uh, unless, except for his vanity project, the metaverse. But yeah. that, you know, he's hopefully he saw how that worked out and adjusts accordingly. But yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of these tech guys are a little uh, maybe on the spectrum, and they generally don't try to be fucking stars. Elon, he yearns for the limelight. Yes, Despite, and he fucks it up every time. Yeah, <laughs> every time. Yeah, like this man, he, if he had any introspection whatsoever. After that SNL appearance three fucking years ago, he would have been like, oh, God, is that what I look and sound like when I'm talking and trying to be funny? I think I'll just stay behind the screen from now on. But no, it's, he's, it seems to have fueled his uh, delusions of um, grandeur. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, after giving his stump speech, Elon and David basically just pivoted the conversation away from Ron's big Thanks, Ron. We'll take it from here. Yeah, it's uh, talking about how Twitter is super important and how important Twitter is specifically when it relates to free speech and yada, yada, yada. This was a very funny part of yeah. the entire DeSantis escapade. talked for like, I don't know, two minutes and then they were just like, all right, anyway, back to Twitter and then like, Every guest that they brought on to do a guest question for Ron DeSantis, it really seemed as though they were under the impression that they had to kiss the ring mm -hmm. of Elon Musk before they got into the Ron DeSantis stuff. Because every person was like, hey, first I want to say Elon Musk, great job buying Twitter, uh -huh. probably the best business, business decision anyone's ever made. Me, I own, I, you know, I love coal, but I own a Tesla myself. This is and like doing your announcement on Fox News and then spending most of the broadcast like talking about how like how smart Rupert Murdoch is. Yeah, or like Sean Hannity. <laughs> it's like, fucking, what are you it was, doing? It, it was uh, <laughs> painful because, you know, if you are a Ron DeSantis fan or a conservative who's uh, happy about this, you would be annoyed by the fact that no one's paying attention to what's happening with him. You would think, but like there are, I, the crossover between Elon and DeSantis I think is like basically a circle to the point where these people, you know, they love it all. This is the most and that's why they're gonna fucking lose. This is the most podcasty episode I think we've ever done. Because I know, there's so but much like, this is one of the funniest things that has ever failed. It's wild. It's so much worse than we could have expected. And I expected I was shocked it to by how fail bad it was. badly. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, just an absolute disaster. And to further drive home how dead on arrival DeSantis is, this is his official campaign Ooh. website, rondesantis.com, which appears to have been created using Dreamweaver <laughs> CS3 yeah. and literally just asks for money without even attempting to make the case for why anyone should donate to Ron DeSantis. There's no platforms. There's, there's not even like the campaign video. that You have to go elsewhere to find this. This is literally just a uh, WinRed campaigning site that has a redirect from rondesantis.com. The, the verified badge that this is the website yeah. is it, like stretched out. A lopsided uh, poker chip with a check mark in the middle of it. Also, I'm not able to verify because I saw it right before I came in, but did you see that the donation scroll was pre-made? Uh, someone looked, just went to the HTML or the CSS or whatever, and the, the donation scroll is pre-made with pre-made donation numbers and uh -huh. names, and it's just a repeating file that scrolls. It's, it's has nothing, has no basis in reality. It's just like, Joseph F. donated $46. Eh, whatever. I don't feel yeah. bad for anyone giving this man money. So no, you get scammed, motherfucker. Anyway, of course Donald Trump is yucking it up. This is, this man, he's been starving. And Ron DeSantis just 
made him the biggest bowl of spaghetti he's oh, ever eaten. He brought him a big tray of Big Macs and fries. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. delicious. <laughs> yeah, he's he. Donald Trump's having a great night. Best oh, night of his over life. Over on Truth Social. Uh, I do wish, some people were thinking he'd... Uh, He'd, he'd come into the Twitter space, like, just after not using Twitter for, like, four years, just, like, you see his little avatar pop into the... Because you, you see all the, like, big users who are listening. It'd be so fucking funny if, if Trump's popped up in there. It would have been the funniest thing that ever happened. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed that he didn't do that. But yes. uh, he is having a good time with this on Truth. Uh, he posted, Wow, the DeSanctus Twitter launch is a disaster. His whole campaign will be a disaster. Watch. And is the DeSantis launch fatal? Yes! Along with a video uh, showing footage of his own announcement, intercut with footage of various technical issues on the DeSantis stream. Um, let's just show it. We do have to replace the, the proud to be American music over the Trump footage. I'll just put the national anthem for some shit. Here you go. We are uh, kind of melting the servers. To freedom and his willingness to put his money where his mouth is, upset the narrative and control imposed on us by our government. Have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, make this. Uh... We're just trying. Just trying to get it going. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's this post from Trump, a video showing a SpaceX launch failure from a few years ago where the rocket just falls over on its side with Ron 2024 superimposed over it, which in just four seconds manages to go after Elon Musk, Ron DeSantis, and Jeb Bush, who was 2016's Ron DeSantis. He's, it's the Jeb Bush logo uh, with Ron. And again, like we've been saying this for months that, uh, yeah, he's DeSantis versus Trump. He's, he's just going to be the next Jeb. And he's shown evidence of this, like being attacked and just like not knowing how to fight back. But I, I love that Donald Trump is fully embracing. He's just like, oh, they. Is that why he's calling him Jeb. Rob now? I don't know. I think that's just like a the power play. It's the asshole thing where you say someone's name wrong. Yeah. He's such a great asshole. <laughs> he should never be president. No, the, get this uh, man away from all power. But it's it. Look, it's undeniable that this is kind of funny watching them fight. Also, I mean, like Trump, Trump's been posting up a storm on Instagram. He posted a video that clearly he had no part in making. Someone, <laughs> someone on his team just downloaded it. But it's like it looks like a video of the Twitter space, except it's got Elon, it's got Ron, it's got uh, George Soros. <laughs> It's got the WEF, it's got Hitler, the yeah, FBI, the devil, the devil <laughs> and uh, and it's all just the, all of them oh. having a terrible time, like talking over each other. Dick Cheney coughing yeah. the entire time? <laughs> like, I mean, look, it's low-hanging fruit, but it's just like, yeah, the, the man, Trump has... He has the his work cut out for him for the next, like, year. When he, you have no shame. enjoy it. Yeah. When you have no shame, like, there is no stopping. Yeah, Ron DeSantis just, like, threw himself in the gorilla cage. Well, yeah, because uh, we were talking about this before we started filming, like he needs, for the Republican Party, it seems like he needs to run because- He's the Trump, backup. Trump might not legally be allowed to Yeah, a lot point. can happen in a year and the Republican establishment wants at least one viable candidate. And yeah, if things, if things go south legally for Trump, uh, they do want a backup in there who's yeah. like Trump actually- Trump Well, <laughs> I, I mean, who knows, he might- a lot can happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah, by the time this video goes up, there will surely be more excellent content coming out of Truth Social, and we expect it to continue unabated throughout what will surely be a extremely long and extremely brutal Republican primary. Uh, even, it, you know, even, it wasn't Biden, obviously, whoever's on Biden's social team, this, this even gave them a little pep in their step. They were posting some actually like funny, good posts. When Joe Brandon is dunking on you, as a conservative, that's, yeah. that's, you've really fucked up. So, just incredible, um, yeah, what a time to be alive. Maybe the last time to be alive. Also, exciting news on the Democratic side, uh, the, uh, the frequency and virality of posts from one Hillary Clinton is reaching new highs. Hillary? <laughs> Boom! It'd be like Hillary showing up in the spaces. I don't think Diane Feinstein should retire. She, yeah, she sim she simultaneously is like, I don't think Diane should retire, but also Biden might be too old. Yeah, you need some young blood in there, like me, yeah. person who is I don't know three or four years younger than Joe Biden and lost they, like a fucking slam dunk election. Yeah, I don't.
remember asking you a damn thing, Hillary. It is, I, 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 I'm I, getting that like hairs raising on my neck. Mm-hmm. Now, like the past <laughs> week, I've seen like a, a boost in frequency of her posts and her stepping back into the limelight. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not about to do it, are you? You're not, you're not going to do it again, right? I swear to fucking God. I swear to fucking God. Well, unfortunately, that's not the only Elon Musk news that we have for you today. Fortunately, though, the other news we have is also very funny and reflects very poorly on Elon that's Musk. That's good stuff. He and Twitter are being sued yet again, this time by some former longtime Twitter employees who held senior positions at the company before being ousted. The lawsuit is mainly about Elon failing to fulfill Twitter's severance obligations after giving these employees the boot, and in some cases violating the law by firing them, but also contains some very interesting behind-the-scenes anecdotes of the early days of Elon Musk's Twitter. So let's let's just read some uh, some selections from this lawsuit. Yeah, I love good good legal reading material, and this is this is some good legal reading material. Yeah. Plaintiff Killian was forced to resign from Twitter after being repeatedly and specifically directed to violate California's building codes in ways that potentially put Tweep, I think that's what they call Twitter employees, yeah. Tweep lives at risk in building the Twitter hotel rooms Musk wanted for Tweeps he would be pushing to work through the night. Plaintiff Hawkins was forced to resign after Musk and his transition team fundamentally changed the nature of her job and threatened her professional reputation by directing Twitter to breach its leases and essentially steal space from its landlords. Quote, Elon doesn't pay rent, one member of the transition team told Hawkins. Another member of the transition team put it more bluntly to Killian. Elon told me he would only pay rent over his dead body. Both Killian and Hawkins were told that for Musk, the fact that Twitter was legally or contractually obligated to pay a particular sum would be irrelevant to the decision of whether to actually pay it when that amount came due, that Musk operated on a zero-cost basis, and that Twitter would therefore simply decide afresh for each significant expense whether or not it wanted to pay what it owed. So let's, let's read more from the lawsuit. Davis told Killian that Musk wanted to add a bathroom next to his office so that Musk didn't have to wake his security team and cross half the floor to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. We brought that up recently as a very funny anecdote to the whole saga. Uh, Killian explained that it would take time to get the necessary permits, but promised to begin that process right away. In response, Davis instructed Killian not to bother with obtaining permits because, to paraphrase, we don't do that. We don't have to follow those rules. <laughs> Shocked, Killian reminded Davis that if they did not get a permit, no licensed plumber would perform the work for fear of jeopardizing their license. Davis responded by instructing Killian to hire an unlicensed plumber instead. (laughs) Jesus, these Mario brothers, I've I've heard good things. Killian attempted to explain that the use of licensed tradespeople was a condition of their lease and that failure to abide by it would put them in breach of that lease. Davis responded that management did not care about any of this, that they weren't interested in ensuring that the work was performed in accordance with the standards required by the lease, by the city of San Francisco, by the state of California, or any other authority. They just wanted it done. Get it done. I don't don't care care about the safety features on that child submarine. We got kids to save. (laughs) Uh, And here's a little more about Elon uh, doing, you know, that unlicensed remodel of Twitter HQ. It got worse. Killian was instructed to install space heaters in the hotel rooms in further violation of Twitter's lease. Killian was also instructed to place locks on the hotel room doors, a request that betrayed the lie that these were intended to be temporary rest spaces for exhausted tweets. California law requires locks that automatically disengage when the building's fire suppression systems are triggered. Killian was repeatedly told that compliant locks were too expensive and instructed immediately to install cheaper locks that were not compliant with life safety and egress codes. Again, Killian protested that no licensed tradesperson would perform work that violated the building code. Killian protested that installing these locks would put lives at risk, that in case of an earthquake or fire, the latter of which was made dramatically more likely by the non-compliant electrical work (laughs) and the presence of the space heaters he had instructed to install, these locks would remain locked, blocking first responders from being able to access the rooms and the tweeps within. Nobody cared. On information and belief, the non-compliant locks were in fact eventually installed, but not by Killian. Killian quit that day. This is, it sounds like a fucking trap, first of all. Like, intentionally. Space heaters and locking the doors in yeah. a in a multi-story building. But also, it's especially <laughs> maddening because it's not as if there isn't a very striking precedent for this. It, one of the most destructive fires in the entire state uh, in a major city what happened in San Francisco like a hundred years ago? Well, also earthquakes. Yeah, uh, San Francisco yeah. is. I mean, they haven't had a big one in a couple decades, but uh, they are 
you know, it's they're right in the line of fire for that. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost as if these uh, requirements were made because in reaction to catastrophic emergencies that have already like, happened. You just paid $44 billion for this company and you can't shell out for like uh, building materials that are up to code or a rent or anything like that. It's uh, it's fascinating. The, that, minds, the minds of rich people. Yeah, it's, it's crazy and dangerous. Just do it. Get it done. I don't care how. Uh, evil, some would say. Yes. I mean, this is literally putting people's lives at risk. Uh, Unintended, like, uh, with, with just the space heaters alone. Putting people's lives at risk and uh, making people, the people who, like, literally would be legally liable, if that were the case, making them do it. Yeah, and multiple careers on the line for, yeah. for doing what Elon Musk says. Uh, right. The people at Twitter, the licensed or unlicensed uh, plumbers and electricians, just bad all around. Also, it's like... I mean, the, like, just, yeah, just go down and, like, uh, go down to the junkyard area and be like, hey, you're looking for a, go to a Home Depot. Just see if anyone there knows plumbing. And while you're there, pick up some locks. Yeah. Ones that don't disengage when the alarm system goes And just off. bring them up through security into Twitter HQ and tell them to do the thing. Even the, even this description goes lightly because they're like, well, emergency, emergency personnel won't be able to get through the doors. The tweets will be locked in there burning to death. Yeah. Without even, before the emergency services can get there. Oh, also, get rid of those pesky fire escapes. Ugly. I wonder if he was, like, duct taping, like, uh, styrofoam bowls over the, f the smoke detector. These things are always going off <laughs> when I smoke on my big cigar. <laughs> so, yeah, none of this is surprising. It is interesting to see it spelled out like this, though. Um, in the case of Killian and Hawkins, they both had to quit because following these orders would have literally jeopardized their entire careers working in, you know... Uh, building management for businesses and whatnot. You, yeah. you know, it's it's putting their entire careers on the line. So, well, I guess so you like, don't get any severance. Uh, 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 yeah, well, that's not how it works, Elon. <laughs> but that's how he thinks it works. Yeah. And yeah, some of the other plaintiffs in this case say that their firings violated U.S. law because they happened either during family medical leave or immediately after returning from it. There are laws around that. You can't do that. And yeah, it sounds like basically no one has received severance despite Twitter telling them that their previous employment contracts would still be fully in effect after the acquisition. Yeah. So yeah, this will be a uh, very interesting case to watch, especially if Elon decides to let it go to trial because he's feeling confident. It's actually not even the first or only case against Twitter alleging that Elon stiffed a bunch of former employees out of a ton of money. So yeah, very exciting stuff. Can't wait. Elon, sir, what were you thinking when you decided to lock your employees into rooms as they screamed and burned to death? I'm reminded of the Princess Bride when <laughs> Andre the Giant asked, anybody want a peanut? It's just like that. Wow, he's brilliant. Did you hear wow. that thoughtful pause? Did you hear when he stopped for like 20 seconds like he was having a system reboot? That's the kind of thoughtful leadership we need more of. Yeah. Anyways, we've got lots more news to get to, but before we do that, it's time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Babbel. If you've got an upcoming summer trip abroad, here's a travel hack for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure, communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture. That's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. Babbel's expertly crafted lessons are built around real life. You learn how to have practical conversations about travel, relationships, business, and more. Other language learning apps use AI Ugh, for their <laughs> lesson plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 150 human language experts mm. and voiced by real native human speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, you get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to our link, babbel.com slash newsday. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash newsday for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. 
And this episode is sponsored by Factor. Mm-mm. During the prime spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this, May? Well, with Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of summer? I want to sit by the pool with no shame this year! Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around 550 calories or less per serving. Need an extra boost of energy to support your wellness goals this spring? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and Protein Plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. With 34-plus chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of uh, 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, boost, uh, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This May, get factored and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. You know what I had before coming into film today? No. You're going to love it. Chicken Tetrazzini. Oh! <laughs> and it, it, their chicken Tetrazzini is pretty... I don't know how it holds up to the viral meme, but... Uh, chicken it, Tetrazzini? It was really good. Uh, you simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com newsday50 and use code newsday50 to get 50% off your first box. That is code newsday50 at factormeals.com newsday50 to get 50% off your first box. All right, back to the news now with, unfortunately... Some more Twitter news, but... But, 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 not Twitter news about Twitter itself. Rather, the tremendous opportunity that Elon Musk has created by turning his platform into a cesspool and opening up the micro-blogging space to serious competition for the first time in over a decade. So ever since Musk's takeover, many Twitter users have been looking for a new platform that can properly emulate the pre-Elon Twitter experience. And so far, they haven't really found it. Uh, The closest thing to what they're looking for currently is Blue Sky, but the invite codes are still pretty hard to come by. Don't ask, they haven't given me one yet. Uh, The functionality is still relatively limited, and uh, the biggest problem for me, at least, is there's just not enough people on there to make it a true Twitter competitor. Yes. I, I, it takes me 10 minutes. I've kind of read all all the posts. You need the drive-by unhinged post that goes viral every yeah. once in a while to really stimulate the it's, platform. It feels like you're showing up to the party at 7.30 and you're yeah. like, all right. Look, there's some fun going on there. Yeah. I've seen more uh, pictures of Alf's dick in the past two weeks than I yeah. ever cared to see before. But, uh, you know, overall, it's a, it's a more wholesome experience, but yeah. it's just not there yet as far as unhinged shit posting. Right. Yeah. It does have potential, like we said, though. It it could be the next big thing. But while Blue Sky is taking the slow and steady route, a new challenger has emerged. And his name is Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an immediate deal breaker for a lot of people out there. But then again, while Facebook is truly a toxic wasteland, Instagram's reputation has remained mostly positive, despite also being a part of the Meta family. And it looks like Meta has very wisely decided to make their Twitter clone an extension of Instagram rather than Facebook. Also, a clear sign that they are well aware of how little Facebook is actually being used by Let's the people they want that, it to Let's be. not use that word anymore. Face, mm. Yeah, so at least Instagram has active and engaged younger users. Right. Right. Uh, So, yeah, it's apparently launching soon, possibly next month. And the one good thing this has, as opposed to Blue Sky, is whoever's on it has probably already been on it for years and has a built-up following and follower base. Right, yeah, your Instagram account is, like, fully transferable onto this. Yeah, so it makes sense. You're already following the people you like. The people that like you are following you. It's easy. You don't have to start over. So it doesn't even have a name yet. uh, But tech journalist Leah Haberman managed to get a hold of some internal marketing slides showing what... Looks like a weird hybrid of Instagram and Twitter. Here's The Verge with more. 
In the app, you'll see a feed and you can make text posts up to 500 characters long with attached links, photos, and videos. The app looks pretty much like if you mixed Instagram and Twitter together based on two screenshots included in the leaked marketing slide. And Meta will apparently have some good moderation controls from the start, equipping you with settings to control who can reply to you and mention your account, the slide says. Any accounts you've blocked on Instagram will apparently carry over. Perhaps most significantly though, the new Instagram text app will have an element of decentralization as well. Soon, our app will be compatible with certain other apps like Mastodon, Instagram slide says. Users on these other apps will be able to search for, follow, and interact with your profile and content if you're public, or if you're private and approve them as followers. Presumably that compatibility will come through ActivityPub, which Meta has been exploring alongside other tech companies. Uh, wait, so, I thought this was going to be integrated into the existing Instagram app. No. Okay, this it's is going to be... fail. <laughs> well, it's, it might not fail, but it's going to be a, a much harder sell. I think, I mean, obviously, this is all leaked so far, but yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a standalone product, but they might, I wouldn't be surprised if initially it's like a separate tab in it Instagram. It needs to be. It, Reels like, wouldn't be a sep uh, as, as successful yeah. if it wasn't integrated into the app that everyone's already using. And the Instagram app as it stands today isn't used for its initial purpose. Like people don't really post on the main feed anymore. They yeah. do their daily updates that are gone after a day. It's just, that is true. It has evolved in the way it's used. And I think this would be a great step in continuing that evolution. It would, need, it would still need to be a separate feed though. Like it would just be fucking weird. Yeah, no, it has to be a separate thing on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Or part of your I daily. I don't know. I mean, this is all early days and... I, it's it's weird that this is even... But no one ever asks our opinion. I know. These tech companies never call us. We're giving you free advice here. We really should be charging. <sighs> we are consultants by law. Yeah. So, uh, hope the check's in the mail. Goodbye. Anyway, so far, despite this being a meta product, we don't actually hate what we're hearing here. If nothing else, this kind of thing is exactly what the decentralized social eco ecosystem needs. It could allow people to dip their toes into Mastodon without actually having to go through the very annoying process of setting up a Mastodon account. Deal breaker. But you, of course, have to wonder what's in it for Meta. And honestly, it's just more activity. When it comes down to it, more eyeballs, more, more activity. They in can the, put more ads in between in each In the immediate post. sense, yeah. but uh, yeah. The answer is presumably the same as always, harvesting boatloads of your personal data. Still, if this inspires more developers to come up with easy entry points for decentralized social media, that's a good thing. For now, though, Blue Sky seems like the promised land. They just need to hurry the fuck up with those invites. Jack. Jack. Yeah, Blue Sky is also on the same thing where it's like, it's not, currently it's walled off, but they have plans to integrate it with one, I can't remember if it's the same decentralized uh, protocol that Mastodon uses or maybe a separate one, but like, there's been a lot of work done. Mastodon's like the key product in it, but like go, for going back years, people have been developing a decentralized uh, way for different social networks to interact with each other. And it is super interesting to see that actually maybe becoming uh, coming to the forefront yeah. of uh, this thing. And all it took was Elon Musk destroying Twitter in a matter of months. Say what you want about Elon Musk. He might have accelerated decentralized social media inadvertently yeah. and also inadvertently lowered the price nationwide for insulin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The results don't lie, folks. Yeah, I mean, say what you will. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Speaking of the evil that Mark Zuckerberg has wrought upon this world, uh, the United States Surgeon General came out this week with a little official advisory about how harmful social media can be for the mental health of users, especially children. This isn't too surprising given that Meta's own leaked internal documents have made it clear that they know how unhealthy scrolling social media can be for young minds. But it's still kind of wild that the U.S. Surgeon General is basically treating Instagram like this generation's cigarette. They had those, the street <laughs> artist was doing this 15 years ago yeah. with the, the pack of cigarettes with Facebook logos yeah, all over Yeah, this is it. like your, like, uh, stoner fucking art like wow really makes you think but like yeah. that's literally it they're gonna put labels on uh yeah every time you log into it instagram is <laughs> gonna show you blacked yeah. out lungs <laughs> a blacked out brain yeah blacked out like <laughs> rotted teeth yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your brain on instagram sizzle uh so yeah uh pretty wild here's surgeon general vivek h murthy writing in the washington post Nearly all teenagers in the United States, 95%, use social media platforms. Two-thirds use them daily, and more than one-third almost constantly. Parents tell me they watch their children retreat to their bedrooms and spend hours alone with their screens, exposed to an endless feed of flawless bodies and unrealistic ideals that make them feel ashamed and damage their self-esteem. 
Their kids, still too young to watch R-rated movies, are too often encountering inappropriate sexual and violent content on social media. I am issuing a Surgeon General's advisory on social media and youth mental health to summarize what is known and not known about the benefits and harms of social media. The bottom line is we do not have enough evidence to conclude that social media is sufficiently safe for our kids. In fact, there is increasing evidence that social media use during adolescence, a critical stage of brain development, is associated with harm to mental health and well-being. In light of the ongoing youth mental health crisis, it is no longer possible to ignore social media's potential contribution to the pain that millions of children and families are experiencing. And this is a rare bipartisan agreement. I mean, yeah, yeah, and that's because, uh, you know, our lawmakers are the boomers of the world, and they, they're they mad that their grandkids don't want to come outside and throw the baseball around anymore. Yeah, they're, They just they're, want to scroll. The, the partisan thing... Everyone's mad for different reasons. Right. They're all in their own way justifiable, but uh, yeah. Like, my grandkids won't talk to me because they're always on their phone turning gay. And yeah. other people are like, my grandkids won't talk to me because they're always on their phone planning their suicide. Yeah, and my, like... <laughs> my, my kids have uh, horrific body dysphoria because yeah. of the images they're seeing and what is normalized. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is like families who... You, you see Instagram, and you're seeing the best parts of people's lives. Yeah, That's all it's they a really like part. unhealthy way to live. And uh, honestly, it improves a lot. Like as you get older, and everyone you know just stops using social media way less. Yeah, yeah. No, but and when you well, also you become more content with uh, life yeah, and realistic. About and you're also what, like doing way less shit. Like when you're young, and you see it's just like oh well, everyone's always partying. And That's how hanging it's out with to be. each other all the time, and I'm here at home. And, and yeah. yeah, like it'll. Especially when you're young and your brain is literally still being developed, like it, and your emotions are completely out of whack due to hormones. It's it's not good. No. It's a bad bad combination. You need to touch grass and pick up a football. <laughs> yeah, but don't don't no no tackle. Only two no, hand touch. Yeah, yeah. Maybe flag. Yes. Just put some socks in your belt loops. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Surgeon General Murthy goes on to acknowledge that in many cases, social media it can be beneficial to young people, especially marginalized youths. It allows them to connect easily with friends and family. It can mm. be a sort of support system if they don't have one in real life. Start a group chat. But uh, he also says that there is a direct correlation between higher social media use and higher risk of mental health issues for teenagers, with online bullying being a big reason, but also just the fact that social media can put children in contact with strangers who might not have their best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And he points out that uh, a lot more research needs to be done and that currently the social media platforms do not voluntarily provide enough data for anyone to do so. Luckily, there that have been be, leaks, sir. Please, yeah, look I mean, over those leaks. So that's the first place to start. I mean, this, this advisory is pretty much toothless at this point, yeah. but it, it does provide guidance on, you know, things that might be positive steps. And it's at least good to get the word out that social media is, in fact, literally rotting everyone's brains, kids especially. The Surgeon General said so. It's tough out there for the kids. I feel feel terrible. I wish it was easier. That's why I'm going to raise my children in a cave. Yes, perfect. Yes. They'll not know The only social media will be drawings on the wall. They'll... Oh, you want the Facebook wall? Why don't you hit the cave wall? Get my, a candle out, My junior. son, who I will name Plato. Yeah. Or was it Socrates? Anyway, something Greek. They will live in a cave until the age of 18 when they come out of the cave. We theorize all day. Yes. Yes. But only knowing... What lies within the cave. Yes. <laughs> anyway, speaking of how tough kids have it these days, let's close out this episode with yet another story about how ChatGPT is ruining education. And we've talked a lot about how the education business is having a very tough time adjusting to the existence of AI chatbots that can just do the students' homework for them. And while the concern has mostly been focused on students cheating, another equally troublesome issue is students getting falsely accused of cheating. There's plenty of tools that have emerged which can give a rough estimate of whether something was written by an AI, but there isn't any surefire way to do it. And one absolutely not surefire way to do it is to feed text into ChatGPT and ask it if it's AI written. Oh yeah, this looks like my work. Yep, that was me, uh, genius. Uh, ChatGPT literally just strings words together. It can't do that. Yeah, it's not within its capabilities. And yet, recently, a professor did exactly that. And it went about as well as you would expect. Here's Rolling Stone. 
a number of seniors at Texas A&M University Commerce who already walked the stage at graduation this year have been temporarily denied their diplomas after a professor ineptly used AI software to assess their final assignments, the partner of a student in his class, known as Deer Kick on Reddit, claims to Rolling Stone. Dr. Jared Mum, a campus rodeo instructor who also teaches agricultural classes, sent an email on Monday to a group of students informing them that he had submitted grades for the last three essay assignments of the semester. Everyone would be receiving an X in the course, Mum explained, because he had used ChatGTP, the OpenAI chatbot is actually called ChatGPT, to test whether they'd used the software to write the papers, and the bot claimed to have authored every single one. Well, 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 looks like I fed it into one of your GPTs, and I got some results that are shocking. And this is not because you all called me a clown when I told you that I was in the rodeo, yeah. although that did weigh on my decision. I've got you all in my lasso now. <laughs> they kept calling me a barrel racer, goddammit. Got you all in the barrel like a bunch of clowns. I do right now, and now the horns are coming out. Yeah, you better walk backwards across that stage. Uh, it continues, I copy and paste your responses in chat GPT and it will tell me if the program generated the content, he wrote, saying he had tested each paper twice. Two times. He's Santa Claus, goddammit. He offered the class a makeup assignment to avoid the failing grade, which could otherwise, in theory, threaten their graduation status. There's just one problem. Chat GPT doesn't work that way. The bot isn't made to detect material composed by AI or even material produced by itself, and is known to sometimes emit damaging misinformation. With very little prodding, ChatGPT will even claim to have written passages from famous novels such as Crime and Punishment. Educators can choose among a wide variety of effective AI and plagiarism detection tools to assess whether students have completed assignments themselves, including Winston AI and content at scale. ChatGPT is not among them. And OpenAI's own tool for determining whether a text was written by a bot has been judged not very accurate by a digital marketing agency that recommends tech resources to businesses. So yeah, and the students even tried to show the professor like timestamps in their Google Docs files to show that yeah they had in fact manually written their essays. You know they typed stuff out, backspaced. It was written by a person. They didn't just copy and paste yeah. shit. But uh, the professor rejected this because the professor clearly doesn't understand a whole lot about technology except what they've seen in the news. What do you mean you edited it? Oh, you edited it? I put it, it into the nefarious. MotoGP and it said that you were racing around this script. Timestamps? You're stamping the time? Well, and now we have a whole new issue and I'm sending this straight to the dean. And yeah, as proof of how stupid this is, some Reddit users pasted the professor's email to the students into ChatGPT and asked whether it was AI written. And ChatGPT responded that it they very, very well may have been AI written. It's got some very suspicious things in it. So, yeah, anyway, fortunately, it sounds like the university is stepping in and clearing things up with the professor and the students. Sounds like it's gonna work out, but what a fucking annoying way to close out your college career. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, another stupid example of how poorly equipped our entire educational system is for what AI can do. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's like this happens to you, but you're like, hey, at least I'm graduating and never have to deal with this fucking shit ever again because the kids next year are gonna have it so much worse. Especially that weird professor who's clearly been thrown around too much inside the rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Hit his head too many times. That's right. Been gored too many times. That's right. Can't trust him. Anyways, that's it for uh, this week's episode of Tech News Day. What a doozy. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Let's it, give it up for Ron. Yeah. Come on, Rob DeSantis. Get Ron down here. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, also very weird that he pronounces it like that. Uh, anyways. If you haven't already, uh, this wasn't the first huge issue on Twitter this week. No. A uh, little fake news decided to spread. Thanks Twitter's to some, a mess. Thanks to some AI. So we have uh, more on that, including other stories, but also just the, the story of the week. Orcas sinking boats. Yeah. If you want to find out more, click the videos over there. Wait, oh, like the video. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. This is going to get zero likes. Prove me wrong. Like it. Like, like the it. video. Like it. Like it like right it. now. Like it. God, like it. I can't believe I messed that up. Like zero the video. Likes. Like it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.